0: oh do not tell that he will not Namaskaram. That was Sadhuam singing verse 18 of Arunachaksharam Malai, which is the verse I'm going to be talking about today. What Bhagavan says in this verse is, um, if you split it into words, is, Kir male ingum, killer roly maniyen, and kir maye parse Arunachala. Um, uh that means Arunachala, gem of uh, light but shines below, above and everywhere, annihilate my lowness. That is the literal meaning, but it, the implied meaning is uh, Arunachala, gem of light, That is the infinitely precious light of pure awareness, I am, but shines below, above and everywhere. That is, but shines within me at all times and in all states, whether my mind is in a low state of impurity and uh, immaturity or an elevated state of purity and maturity. By drawing my mind inwards to see you as you actually are, annihilate my baseness, the darkness of my self-ignorance, which is what rises as ego, the false awareness I am this body. So that's an expanded version to make it clear the implication of what Bhagavan is saying here. Um, The first word of the verse is kir, um, uh, which is a noun that means below, beneath, uh, down, uh, low, or at the bottom, and it's also used as an adjective meaning low, and as an adverb meaning below or down. In this context, it's used as a as an adjective. Um, by extension, it also means a defect, blemish, or false, and what is base or inferior. Uh, male is likewise a noun, but is also used as an adjective and an adverb but it means the opposite of kir, uh, namely, what is above, over, up, or high. Engum is an adverb that means uh, everywhere, and killer is the root of a verb that means to shine, but it's used here in the sense of an adjectival or relative participle, killerum, uh, which means uh, which shines or that shines. Oli is a noun that means light, and money is a noun that means gem, jewel, or precious stone. So oli money means gem of light. Though, though money is a um is the nominative or first-case form of this noun, it is used here in the sense of vocative or ape case form. Um, uh, so, kee male uh, ingum killeroli money. It's an address to Arunachala, but means literally gem of light, that shines below, above, and everywhere. However, though literally kee and male mean respectively below and above, they are used here metaphorically to refer to those who are who are low and those who are high. In the sense of those whose mind is in a low state of impurity and spiritual immaturity, and those whose mind is in an elevated state of, pitu- of purity and spiritual maturity. Therefore, Kirmaelengam, Kilaroli Mani, implies both gem of light that shines in all jivas, sentient beings both those whose mind is in a low state of impurity and those whose mind is in an elevated state of purity. And um, it means, uh, it implies, gem of light that shines within me at all times and in all states, whether my mind is in a low state of impurity or an elevated state of purity. Um, In other words, we can take it either as referring to generally to all jivas, or specifically to me, whatever be the state of my mind, you are are that gem of light that is ever shining in my heart as as I am. That is the implication. Um, In this context, Oli, light, implies the light of pure awareness, and money, a gem, implies not only something that is bright and shiny, but also something of great value something that is to be treasured and not neglected or disregarded as if it were of little significance or importance. Oli money, gem of light, therefore implies the infinitely precious light of pure awareness Uh, 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 which is what is always shining in the heart of each and every one of us as our own being, I am, but which we generally neglect and pay little attention to because we are more interested in attending to and experiencing things other than ourselves. The term money uh, gem can also refer to Vin money, the sky gem, meaning the sun. So Oli money gem of light, also implies Jnana Surya, the infinitely bright sun of pure awareness, Jnana, which shines eternally in the infinite space of the heart. In the darkness of night, the moon reflects the light of the sun, thereby illumining objects on earth. Likewise, in the darkness of self-ignorance, the mind reflects the light of the sun of pure awareness, thereby illumining the appearance of phenomena. So long as we look outwards, away from ourself, we perceive the appearance of phenomena in the dim light reflected by the mind, but we fail to recognize the real nature of the source of that light, which is always shining within us as our own being, I am. However, if instead of looking outwards at things other than ourselves, we turn uh, back within to look at ourself alone, we will thereby uh, see the sun of pure awareness shining eternally in our heart, uh, as uh, shining eternally within us, and thus the reflected light of the mind will merge in and be swallowed by its source, the original light of pure awareness, like the moonlight merging in and being swallowed by sunlight in daytime. <clears throat> Engum everywhere implies not only in all places, uh, in all times, in all states, and in all jivas, but also both inside and outside. Because the light of pure awareness is not only what shines within us as our own being, I am, but also what shines outside as all other things, below, above, and everywhere. Because it is... Uh, One only without a second, ekam eva vitium, meaning that it is the only thing that actually exists. So nothing that seems to exist can be anything other than it. That is, all other things borrow their semi-existence from the one real existence, which is Arunachala, the money or Gem of Light that exists and shines in all as all. The the subtlest among the five elements is space, because it is not only the one element in which all the other elements and everything composed of them are contained, but also the one element that equally pervades and uh, is contained within all of them. Subtler than physical space, Buddha however, is the mind space, Manakasa, because it is not only the one space in which the entire physical space and all the other elements and everything composed of them are contained, but also the one space that pervades and is contained within all of them, since they are all phenomena that appear only in its view, and hence they have no existence independent of it. Even subtler than the mind space, however, is Arunachala, the infinite space of pure awareness, chidakāsa, because it is the one ultimate and eternal space in which the mind and everything else appear, stand and disappear, as Bhagavan says in verse 2 of Sri Arunachala Pancharatnam. Uh, What he says in this verse is, uh, Chittirama miṣdalāṁ Semeleye nimbāle, Utidumai, nindre, odungidum, odungidum mal, nityamum, nanendridea, nadituduva, yalum pe, tani deum, endridea tam. What that means is, uh, Red Hill, all this, which is a picture, arises, stands, and subsides only in you. Since you don't Since you dance eternally in the heart as I, they say your name itself is heart. What that implies is Red Hill, uh, Semele, uh, means Arunachala. So Arunachala, all this, meaning the entire world appearance, which is a picture, that means which is a mental picture, arises, stands and subsides, along with ego, the knower of it, only in you. Uh, since you dance eternally in the heart as I, they, namely sages and sacred texts, say your name itself is heart. That is is Both in the heart and he is the heart, because the heart is uh, the, the heart means the center. The center of everything is I. Um, so he 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 is the heart. Uh, he he is in the heart and and is the heart. Um, just as space exists and shines in everything that is contained within it, Arunacha exists and shines in everything as everything, because it is the only thing that actually exists. And hence it alone is the one real substance, poral or vastu, but appears as all other things. Arunacha is therefore the one, eternal, all-pervading, and infinitely bright Killeroli Mani gem of light that shines below, above, and everywhere. However, though it is our alone that appears or shines as all other things, namely as ego, the subject or knower, and as all phenomena, the objects or things known by it. So long as we see Arunachala as all these many as, as all these many things, we are not seeing him as he actually is. Because what he actually is is only the one infinite, eternal, immutable, and indivisible space of Sachidananda: pure being, pure uh, awareness, and pure happiness. And not either ego or the multitude of diverse phenomena known by it. Known by it mean them, I mean by ego. Um, in order to see him as he actually is, therefore, we need to see him only as our own being. I am, and not as anything other than ourselves. That is assumed. We see anything other than ourselves. We see multi. We we there is we there's already. More than one thing. There's a knower and whatever is known. So that is du- uh, the fundamental duality of subject-object. So, but Arunachai is not is not two or many. He is only one. So to know him as as he actually is, we need to know him as ourself, because only by knowing him as ourself, uh, that is. Knowing ourself is non-dual knowledge. Knowing anything other than ourself is is a dual knowledge. So since he is the one non-dual reality, but one without a second, we 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 cannot know him as he actually as he actually is without knowing him as ourself alone. Um, but all this multiplicity arises because of ego. So ego is Maya. And the nature of Maya is not to hide our real nature entirely, but only to conceal it by making it appear to be something other than what it actually is. Just as the harmless nature of a rope is concealed when it appears to be a snake. That is, even when we see the rope as a snake, we are still seeing the rope. There's never a moment when we're not seeing the rope. Likewise, even when we see ourselves... As this small person, as I am this body, we never cease to be aware of I am, which is what we actually are. So uh, the Maya is not entirely hiding our real nature. It conceals it by making it appear to be something other than what it actually is. <clears throat> Maya is said to consist of two powers, the avarana shakti, or power of veiling, and the Pak shakti, or power of dispersal, uh, scattering. So by its Varana shakti um, or power of veiling, maya first conceals what we actually are by making us appear to be a body consisting of five sheaths, namely uh, physical body, uh, life, mind, intellect, and will. And consequently, by its vikshepapakshakti, or power of dispersal, it scatters our attention outwards to see ourself, the one thing that alone actually exists, as, all, as a multitude of other phenomena, all of which, including the body which we mistake to be ourself, are confined within the limits of time and space. However, even though, in, even though the real nature of ourself, Atmasarupa, which is Arunachala, is in this way seemingly obscured in the view of ourself as ego, it never ceases to shine clearly in our heart as our own being, our fundamental awareness, I am. This clear shining of Arunachala as I am is never affected, even in the least, by the state of our mind. Whether our mind is in a low state of immaturity or or, or impurity or an elevated state of purity, he always shines within us as I am, without ever undergoing any change whatsoever. However, as ego, we experience this pure and immutable awareness I am, mixed and conflated with adjuncts as I am this body. And this adjunct mixed awareness is what is affected by the state of our mind. The more impure our mind is, the more dense and indisputably real this adjunct conflated awareness, I am this body, seems to be. And consequently, the more strongly we will be inclined to look outwards, away from our fundamental awareness, I am. Conversely, the purer our mind is, the less dense and more dream-like this adjunct-conflated awareness will seem to be, and consequently the less strongly we will be inclined to look outwards, and the more willing we will be to look inward to see what we actually are. The impurities that cloud and pollute the mind are its vasanas. That is, it's inclin- basanas means inclinations, vishaya means objects or phenomena. So the inclinations to seek happiness in objects or phenomena are called vishaya basanas. So these are the impurities that um, uh, cloud and pollute the mind. But the root of all these vishaya basanas is ego, whose inclinations they are, and whose nature it is to have such inclinations. That is as Bhagavan says in verse 25 of Ulyanapadu, uh, he describes ego as a formless phantom or a formless evil spirit. And he says, grasping form, it comes into existence. Grasping form, it stands. Grasping and feeding on forms, it flourishes. Leaving form, it grasps form. So what he implies there, since ego is a formless phantom, Whatever forms it grasps are things other than itself. So the nature of ego, ego cannot come into existence, cannot stand. Stand means it cannot endure, and it cannot feed itself and flourish without feeding on forms. Since the forms here means things other than itself. So in other words, vishayas. So the very nat the ego depends on holding on to or attending to vishayas in order to survive. So the vishaya vāsanas are not ego, but it is the nature of ego to always have vishaya vāsanas. The denser and stronger our vishaya vāsanas are, therefore, the more impure our mind is, and consequently the lower or more base its state is. In this verse, therefore, kīrmē, Lowness or baseness refers to the uh refers on the surface to our vishaya vasanas, but more deeply, uh, to ego, the root of all such vasanas, and <clears throat> that is the Tamil suffix may me, uh, means the same as the English suffix ness. So, since kir means low or base, kir means lowness or baseness, and kir is an accusative or second-case form of it. En me is the inflectional base and a genitive or sixth-case form of the first-person singular pronoun, so it means my, and hence en kimeye means my lowness or my baseness. As explained above, in this context, kirme, lowness or baseness, implies ego, the darkness of self-ignorance, avidya, which rises and stands as a false awareness, I am this body, thereby obscuring the real nature of our being, I am, making it appear to be something other than what it actually is. Since we rise as ego only by pramada, negligence or forgetfulness of our real nature, and since we thereby fall down, so to speak, from our real nature, the lofty state of satchitananda, pure being, pure pure awareness and pure happiness, kime, lowness or baseness, is an apt description of ego.' Since ego is the darkness of self-ignorance that seemingly conceals our real nature, Satchitananda, it can only be dispelled by the light of true knowledge, which is awareness of self as we actually are. As Bhagavan implies in this verse by praying to Arunachala, the Mani, gem of light, namely the light of pure awareness, to annihilate enkirme, my my lowness or my baseness. R is a is a noun that means destruction, devastation, barrenness, emptiness, void, uh, nothingness, or non-existence. In other words, it means very much the same as sunyam in Sanskrit. Um, and say is the root of an imperative uh, the root and imperative form of a verb that means to do, make, cause, create, or accomplish. So, parse means cause destruction, make non existent, or annihilate. Therefore, enkime parse is a prayer that means annihilate my lowness or destroy my baseness, and that implies uh, annihilate ego, this base a darkness of self ignorance, which obscures my real nature, thereby making me seem to be a defective individual. As as Bhagavan often explained, what actually exists must always exist, because if something does not always exist, it is not intrinsically existent. So it must borrow its existence from something else. Therefore, whatever exists at one time but not at another time, does not actually exist, even when it seems to exist. In accordance with this simple ontological principle, what actually exists can never be made non existent. So anything that can be made non-existent does not actually exist, but merely seems to exist. In other words, only what is actually non-existent can be made non-existent. Therefore, since parse means uh, make non-existent, by praying enkime parse, Uh, Making my uh, baseness non-existent, he implies that our kirmay, lowness or baseness, namely ego and all its vishayabhasanas, are always actually non-existent, even when they seem to exist. Since ego doesn't actually exist, all the phenomena vishayas known by it also do not actually exist. What actually exists is only Arunachala, the infinite light of pure awareness, which is the real nature of ourself, Abhmasarupa. So all the the phenomena derive their semi-existence only from the semi-existence of ourself as ego, in whose view alone they seem to exist. And ego, the false awareness I am, this body, derives its semi-existence and its semi-awareness only from such it, which is Arunachala, the one real existence and awareness, I am. Since Arunachala alone is what actually exists, and since ego, the subject, and phenomena, all objects, do not actually exist, seeing ourselves as ego and consequently knowing a multitude of phenomena is seeing what alone actually exists as what is actually non-existent. In other words, by seeing ourself as ego and consequently seeing innumerable other things, we are seeing the existent as non-existent and the non-existent as existent. This is why Bhagavan describes our rising and standing as ego as kirmay, lowness, bait or baseness. And therefore, praise to our natural, the one real existence and awareness, such it, to make this non-existent, but seemingly existent baseness, non-existent, as it always actually is. That is, though ego is always non-existent, it seems to exist. So the prayer is, since it doesn't actually exist, but only seems to exist, make it actually non-existent. That is, reveal it to me, but what actually exists is only Ar- is only you Arunachala, when we see that Arunachala alone is what actually exists, and therefore Arunachala alone is what we actually are that is in effect seeing the non existent of the non existent e- the non existence of the non existent ego um uh uh Murragana in his commentary, in one place he explains this: Bhagavan, that the word for void or non-existent, but Bhagavan uses here is par. So Muruganay says, the what Bhagavan is praying for here is to make what is always par par. In other words, what is always non-existent to make it non-existent. Um, Though it is Arunachal alone who shines everywhere, at all times, in all places, and in all states, as all things, what he actually is, is not all these many things, but only one thing, namely pure be- pure uh, being awareness, such it, which is what shines eternally and immutably in our heart as our own being, I am. Therefore, seeing him as all these many other things is not seeing him as he actually is, Seeing him as the one immutable and indivisible light of pure awareness, I am, which is not anything other than ourself, alone is seeing him as he actually is. In other words, since he alone actually exists, we cannot be anything other than him. So seeing him as ourself alone is truly seeing him. Seeing him as anything other than ourself is therefore kirmay, lowness or baseness. Whereas seeing him as the one infinite and indivisible whole, uh, by seeing him as nothing other than ourself alone, is menme, uh, high um highness, loftiness, and true greatness. That is, kirmay means lowness, men-me, menme means male may becomes men that means highness. Uh, what is what is the quality of being elevated? Therefore, in order to annihilate our lowness and thereby elevate us by restoring us to our natural state, namely the lofty state of inseparable oneness with him, by the light of his grace, which is the light of pure awareness, our natural must draw our attention back within to make us see him shining in our heart as our own being, I am. That is, though our always exists and shines in our heart as the precious light of pure awareness, I am, which is what Bhagavan describes here as Money, the gem of light, he does not thereby destroy the darkness of our self-ignorance so long as we persist in looking outwards, seeing things other than ourselves and never looking back within to see what we ourselves actually are. Therefore, in order to annihilate our baseness, he needs to shine in our heart in such a way that he thereby draws our attention back within, like a magnet drawing iron to itself. So that we see him shining within us as our own pure being. I am. In his polypari or explanatory paraphrase of this verse, Murgon explained uh, its implication as as. Uh, Hiro Mero here. Ello Idiang Idiangalilum Opa uh and then he puts in brackets Yadaru Baidum Indri uh Antaramia uh Irundoli Kindra Swayam Prakasa Sutta Satchitana Arunachala Shivamani Idia vilangi and abiche. What that means is, he addresses Arunachalas, Arunachala Shiva Maniye, that means Arunachya Shiva Gem, uh, who are Swayam Prakasa Suddha Satchit. Swayam Prakasa means self shining. Suddha is pure, Satchit is being awareness. So Arunachalas is that self shining, pure being awareness. Uh, which exists and shines as Antariyami. Uh, Antariyami means the indwelling lord or controller. Uh, Anta means in, in uh, uh, what is in, inside, in, inward. Uh, Yami comes from yama, which means to control or to rule over, to restrain. So he's the inner controller. So he shines at the Antariyami equally. Oppa means equally Indri uh, without any difference whatsoever in the hearts of all who are both low ones and high ones. In other words, irrespective of whether Jeevas are low or high, he is always with without any difference whatsoever, equally shiny in all. and so then then the prayer. Uh, Murugan takes the prayer to mean shining in my heart bestow grace destroying the darkness of my avidya Uh, uh, that is aviche in Tamil is a a Tamil form of avidya avidya means ignorance Uh, how, as he put in brackets by the light of your grace so it's by shining in our heart well, as I explained it Murugan doesn't specifically say this but he implies it he, he shi- he's always shining in our heart, but he has to shine in our heart in such a way that he draws our attention back within. Because only when our attention is drawn back within will the darkness of our ignorance be destroyed by his ever-shining light of pure awareness. By rising as ego, we have in effect fallen down from our natural state of pure being awareness, Suddha Satchit. So this fallen state of ego is what Bhagavan refers to in this verse as ankirme, my loneliness or my baseness. Um, in in um, in the Bible, they talk about the that is in the story of Adam and Eve by eating that that fruit of the tree of knowledge. That means the knowledge of things other than ourselves is what it implies. Um Adam Adam and Eve uh, um, they were became fallen souls. So and so and so we have inherited um, from them our fallen state. This is, of course, all allegorical, but Bhagavan used to say that fallen state of the soul is nothing but ego. By rising as ego, we are falling down from our real nature, which is pure being awareness. Since pure being awareness is the infinitely precious Ki me lingam, killeroli money, gem of light but shines below, above, and everywhere. Falling down from it is the most abject poverty. So this abject poverty can be destroyed only by Arunachala, the precious gem of light, who is the sublime treasure of divine grace, but is ever shining in our heart. As Bhagavan implies, not only in this verse, but also in verse 49. Well, Bhagavan says in verse 49, very, very beautifully, uh, that means, Arunachala, sublime treasure of divine grace found without seeking. Be gracious, destroying uh, mental delusion. Uh, that implies, Arunachala, sublime, in other words, infinitely benevolent and bountiful treasure of divine grace found without seeking. Be gracious. Destroying, ending, or terminating my mental delusion. The delusion he's referring to here is ego, the primal delusion I am this body. And since he's talking about nature as a great treasure, by implication, he implies, thereby removing my poverty, this state of being seemingly separate from you, my own real nature. Um that is This is this verse is um there's an autobiographical uh, touch to this verse, because Bhagavan refers to Arunaksha as the sublime treasure found without seeking. That is, in Bhagavan's life, he was just an ordinary, or outwardly, he appeared to be just an ordinary uh, schoolboy. but. Arunachala came and um, that, that bestowed his grace upon him. So he's the treasure of grace. But he, 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 of course, in previous lives, that boy, that Jeeva that was born as Venkta Raman would have been searching in previous life. But eventually, when Arunachala came and took possession of him, from his perspective, it's that divine treasure found without seeking. And truly speaking, this is true for all of us because though we we think we are seeking, in in one place in um, in uh, Mahashas Gospel, I think it's recorded. Bhagavan said, someone was asking about, um, is there no hope for me or something like that, or or. Will not God bestow his grace or something? I can't remember exactly what the question was, but I remember what the answer is. Bhagavan said, be assured he is seeking you with a solicitude greater than you can ever imagine. So it may seem to us that we are seeking his grace, but his grace is seeking us with far greater solicitude than we are seeking him. So truly speaking, how is it that, our, that Bhagavan came into our life? It's entirely by his grace. So, truly, there's a beautiful, beautiful description. The sublime treasure of divine grace found without seeking. And only that treasure can remove our poverty in the form of our mental delusion. And that mental delusion is nothing but ego, the primal delusion I am this body. What he describes in this 49th uh, verse as ahatirkum uh destroying my mental delusion, which can also be interpreted as ahatu uh, irkum which can be taken to mean destroying, ending, or terminating the movement or activity of my mind. Or it can be that if we take aham. Uh, to mean mind we can that's one meaning or we can take aham to mean ego in which case it means destroying or ending the stirring or rising of ego um it all amounts to the same because when he said my mental delusion uh my my uh that is the, the inner del- delusion of a delusion of the mind um that delusion is nothing but ego We're, False awareness, I am this body. But if we split it as ahatu to come it implied the rising of ego, the stirring. Stirring mean for movement. When it begins to rise, it is that for movement. So um whichever way we interpret it all amounts to the same. But what, what he's praying for here is the annihilation of ego, as he prays in so many places. So anyway, what he what he describes here as the destroying the ahatiyaqam, uh, mental delusion, of or ahatuyaqam, uh, rising of ego. And what he describes in this 18th verse as a uh, parseydal, annihilating my baseness or making my baseness non-existent, is also what he describes in the next verse, namely verse 19, as kutramutru aratal, eradicating my... Defects completely. What he says in the next verse is Kutra Tene gunamai panital Guru Arunachala. That means Arunachala who shine as the form of guru, eradicating defects completely, and making me as virtue take charge. That's a literal meaning. What that implies is Arunachala who shine as the form of guru. That is in this verse, Bhagavan clearly says. Who is Bhagavan's guru? Arunachala and Arunachala alone. So Arunachala, who shines as the form of guru, eradicating, removing or cutting off all my defects completely. That is when he says completely, it implies all the defects. Um, The defects implies the vishayavasanas, but in order to destroy them completely, He has to just. What is the first defect? The root of all other defects is ego. So when he says destroying my defects completely, he implies destroying all my vishaya along with their root, namely ego, and making me uh, as. It it, literally it means making me as gunam. Gunam means uh, quality or virtue in this case, or good quality. But it what it implies by Gunum here is one who has gunum. So making me one who is endowed with every guna, uh, virtue or uh, good quality, especially sadguna, the ultimate virtue of just being as I actually am without ever rising as ego, even to a slightest extent. That is the implication we can take it. Uh, al, Al means um, take charge. I mean, take charge of me as your very own so that I may never again fall prey to the evil demon ego and its horde of viseyavasanas. What he refers to here as kutram, defect, fault or blemish, is what he refers to in this 18th verse as enkirme, my lowness or baseness. And since the root of all defects, like the root of all lowness or baseness, is only ego, kutramutrarutu, uh uh, eradicating my defects completely implies eradicating ego along with all its defects, namely its horde of vasanas because defects cannot be eradicated completely without their root being eradicated along with them." Therefore, what Bhagavan is praying for in so many ways in this Aksharamalai is only the eradication of ego because our rising as ego is the greatest of all defects, the most abject of all poverty, and the basest of all basenesses since it alone is what seemingly sh- separates us from Arunachala, the gem of light that is always shining in our heart as our own being. And by separating from our, us from Arunachala, it thereby causes us to fall down from our natural state of oneness with him. So the, the whole of Akramai is a prayer for nothing but annihilation of ego. And kirmai e or uh, Kutsramatraya, and in so many other ways in this samsaram life, Bhagavan is praying for one thing and one thing alone—the eradication of ego. Because the eradication of ego is the eradication of all evil and the, the attainment of all that is good. Om um Namo Bhagavate Sri arana chala